0: This is the Westlake Nation Podcast, powered by the Westlake Shop Club.
1: At the 20, 10, 5, touchdown! And he is into the end zone. Oh,
0: man, what a catch here! Touchdown, Westlake! And brought to you by Independence Title, Appliances Now, St. David's South Austin Medical Center, Hat Creek Burger Company, Covert Auto Group, Our Way Appliances, Restore Hyper Wellness, and Now. Here's the latest episode of three and out with Tony Salazar. Well, coach,
1: I know that this is a, a unique week because we, we have the buildup to games like Lake Travis, but that second team outside of Westlake in district 26, six a from a year ago in realignment. And you have kind of a, a unique uh, insight because having played there, having coached there, and then leaving and watching the growth from afar again, Looking back at it, you know, I, I think it's a lot of people can probably draw ties to what it was like for Lake Travis when they actually elevated to 6A finally. Football means a whole lot to the Dripping Springs Tigers in that community. And, and you touched on that in three and out on Tuesday.
2: It's a program that's full of pride. Um, and obviously making the jump to 6A with the booming numbers they have, have out there and the success they had in 5A. It's just really just a little fire, a little fire underneath that community. And they see that, uh, you know, what success brings and, and it brings obviously a bunch of uh, energy and excitement, especially when you start a school year with a great football. season. I think everybody involved enjoys it. And so those guys have experienced some of that the the last few years before they came into 6A football and and obviously still finished in second in our league last year. They they experienced it in 6A. And they gave us, obviously, a a tremendous football game last year that uh, we were able to separate from the fourth quarter. But uh, for three quarters, I mean, they're their championship-type football program and we just got to make sure that uh, we keep them right where they're at. Is there any
1: similarities to the way that you prepare for a team like Dripping Springs like you did for Lake Travis?
2: It's all the same. You you can't hide it. They're they're a tremendous football team put on the tape. There's execution. Execution on offense They're scoring points there's execution on defense uh they're keeping them to a few points i think they're averaging 43 points on offense and giving up 11 on defense and you know that those are good numbers uh, across the state of texas in 6a because they played a lot of similar teams that we've played as you look across it definitely gets your attention right away to, to know this is a quality team and obviously the game we had last year we uh, we, we knew that uh they're, they're coming this thing you know ready to play
1: and you look at this matchup coach and and really it's a it's a testament to both programs. This is a senior laden team. We are a senior laden team, the largest in Westlake football history. So now you're dealing with this opportunity to, to kind of see what long time program culture really looks like and the embodiment of guys that have played a lot of football for Dripping Springs and for Westlake.
2: Right. There's no doubt there's going to be some experienced guys on the field on, on both sides of the, uh, of this football field at Chaparral Stadium. And, you know, with that's going to come a lot of, uh, you know, good battles, you know, guys that, uh, understand the game and the preparation it takes to be ready. Uh, they're going to be prepared just like our kids are it's fun because you have experienced guys there's going to be fewer mistakes it's going to be about deciding who's more physical on the field and who makes the play you know at the point of attack who makes the tackle who who makes somebody miss uh, who makes a catch? Who breaks up a pass? And those are the things that are going to happen, and when you have two good teams playing against each other.
1: So, looking at the Anderson game, a microcosm of how to handle adversity, because for just the second time in district play, the Chaparrals found themselves behind, and then you get two huge defensive plays. And you mentioned this in Three and Out Club on Tuesday as well, how you go back to off season and Chapmaker and you the the crazy drills, the sellout drills that you know at some point during the year, one of those plays is going to make or change a game. And it happened on that deep ball, dead small, double coverage, pretty well covered, still caught the ball, good throw, good catch, good football play on both sides, but Judson Crockett able to pull him down before the end zone. And then it leads to Peyton Luthers jarring the ball loose, Wyatt Williams being right spot, right time, and returning at 95 yards, and completely flipping the script on that game with Anderson in the first half.
2: And those plays happen, you know, every football season, every year. And, uh, you know, it's one of the things we talk about is make them snap it again. Try to keep big plays from, from being touchdowns. Because uh, once they cross that end zone, those points go up and you can't get them back. But every yard it takes to get to an end zone should be the toughest yard that they have to get. And so, obviously, we we're able, fortunate enough to get them down after a big play. Uh, and just like you said, it's right on cue, called timeout, got the boys refocused. And, and the next play, we calls a fumble, scoop and score. And then, like you said, the whole thing flips back on itself. Another defensive score right afterwards. And, and then we're, we're rolling. But you know, hats off to Anderson. They had a tremendous football team. We knew that going in. They were explosive in the passing game. We knew that uh, number eighteen is a dang good football player, and, and he'll do that to, to other teams as they go out through, throughout their season.
1: Take me back to that timeout because it was a moment in the game where I'm always interested, and in, I think a lot of people don't truly understand. Coach Dodge used to call it the the tornado, or you're you're in a blender. There is so much going on between you communicating with the booth, communicating with your coaches on the headset, communicating with players. There is so much happening, and in those moments where you have the big play, what in your brain says call timeout? where you say, hey, look, we need to regroup right now, call a timeout?
2: You know, a lot of times it's, it's body language, just momentum. You feel the momentum start to swell, and uh, you quickly want to extinguish it as fast as possible. And a lot of times timeouts do that for you. And, you know, it doesn't take it away that they had momentum because uh, obviously had the ball at a great spot. louder our guys kind of take a deep breath, you know, refocus. Turn the page, turn the page to the next play and realize that that's just one play, and that's how we, we play play-to-play. plays behind you. I uh, can't let them hurt you again, and that's kind of what it is. It's a it's a, a regroup, a reset. Hey, let's go out there, let's finish this thing. Find a way off the field in the red zone, which is you know one of the calling cards of our fo- of our defense throughout the years, is trying to keep the opponent you know to a field goal attempt. And then if we give them a the field goal attempt, heck, let's, let's block the thing. uh It's a mindset of just never surrendering points. And I think that's uh was a quick uh, was a quick timeout to to make sure those guys uh, understood that and, and give them a breath. Obviously, that was 50 yard play, you know, right before that, and and they were pretty dog untired because we were on the field quite a bit that first half, first quarter.
1: I also look at what you were able to learn about your football team in that moment because that resiliency is there. Elliot, obviously with the pick six to kind of get you back in it, then that play happens on the very next drive, ups and downs. And then, of course, the penalties were flying all over the place, some during a play before touchdowns happen, and then they get picked up. And it's, so it's this roller coaster of did we do something right? Did we do something wrong? Did we do something right? Did we do something wrong? So, you know, we've talked about adversity, and it's been a big part of every story of Westlake football over the past 10 years of whether it's managing injuries or whether it's trying to work through grades or whether it's trying to work through all of these other things that, that can be distractions to the game at hand. And I'm interested in coming off such a hectic schedule where it's prepare for Lake Travis coming off a bye week. Prepare for the fact that you've got to play on an early week with Anderson. Prepare for the fact that you're going to have you know a couple of days off and not, and not see the kids. All of that kind of comes back into focus this week where it almost feels like kind of hit the brakes after the Anderson game, after a world win three to four weeks.
2: Well, you know, it's also these, you know, three game stretch is kind of a, a precursor to what playoff type preparation is going to be like. A training wheel kind of start to when you don't have another week to play unless you win. And so I think that's kind of what we're explaining to these kids. And obviously, you know, goal number one of our programs win a district championship. And we look at the district standings and we're 4-0 and they're 4-0. And we know that uh, if we don't win this football game, we're not going to be in that first place spot. And these guys kind of control their destiny from here on out as long as they win out and they win all games in district they're going to be the champs and uh they stand between us and our goal of being district champions and being in that spot that these kids and these coaches have been so accustomed to you know putting the school in that's goal number one is win the game keep our spot as the number one team in 26 6a try to get better along the way use these weeks against a great opponent to, to sharpen our our preparation skills so that uh, when we play you know these state-ranked opponents which dripping springs is a state-ranked opponent we go into there and you know leaving no stone unturned and making sure that everybody in our, in our football team prepares in a championship way.
1: And I think also when you have teams like Anderson that gives you fits offensively, they understand what they're doing. You have guys like Weston Casey who stepped up last week. Who are some of those attack team guys that are mimicking the, the running style of Jack Tindall who who are taking the superior wide receiver skills like Kyle Cook? Who are some of those attack team guys who have been so beneficial this week to prepare for the Tigers?
2: You know, a big key to our success, no doubt, is, is the look and the preparation throughout the week. And it's not waiting until Friday to try to see the speed of the game. Weston Casey, first and foremost, for two weeks in a row, the kid has come over done an outstanding job on our attack team. And give us the best look possible. If you know Ed Small now, now you know the Cook kid here at Dripping Springs, and that was the second week in a row of just uh, tremendous effort and execution. Uh, you look over to our tag team on the defense. Barrett Garrison uh, is a senior safety force who's just who was our chap of the Week. He's a tremendous asset to our program. He's going to do everything exactly right. You know, he's going to give us the best picture possible as to what their secondary looks like. Uh, you know, running back uh, we got uh, Krazan, Ben Krizan, senior running back has some, has some tremendous wiggle and shake, and he's a Physical player, and I think probably has a lot of the same skill set as the running back we're going to see this week. And so we've had to tackle him, and there's been obviously a couple of times in the in the week where uh, we had to tell Krizan great run. He, he made us look bad on a couple plays this week, and, and I hope it doesn't happen on Friday night. But I think it's more of a testament to Krizan and, and the level that he was practicing at this week that uh, hopefully get us ready for this game tomorrow night.
1: And that's what we always talk about, you, you know, in these two programs where you talk about culture. The culture is, hey, we wish we could sell tickets Monday through Wednesday so you guys could come out and watch just how good a football team. We have top to bottom, the bottom end of the roster. And I think that's something that, you know, you kind of borrow from coach Dodge back in the day where he said, you know, my last 25 guys are better than your second 25 guys. And in some cases, my last 25 are better than your first 25. And that's a, that's a true testament to just everybody understanding their role. And, and you mentioned our chap of the week, Barrett Garrison coming up at halftime coach, you know, he couldn't stop talking about culture. He couldn't stop talking about what he owns as his position on this football team. And if he gets a chance to go out there and run in your defensive backfield underneath the Friday night lights, great. But he also knows that he has an opportunity to beat Reagan Street every now and then. He has an opportunity to, to make a tackle on 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 Brody Wilhelm. He has a, an opportunity to kind of be a nemesis and to tell you how much it means to some of those guys who are exactly like Barrett Garrison. He remembers plays from a sophomore year that he blew up, you know, five foot three, a hundred nothing, and and the coaches go nuts because he's able to jump around and, and make a play on a sweep. The cool part about hearing those stories, coach, is that it means so much to those guys to be able to know that hey, if Brody catches a pass, you know, above a defender, or for whatever reason, you know, Heath McCree makes a tough catch in the back of the end zone with a defense, the defender's hand literally right in front of the football. Hey, we did that on uh, Wednesday. We did that on Tuesday. That's such a big big deal to those guys.
2: You know, the success on Friday night is directly correlated with obviously the preparation in the week, and and our kids get that. You know, and in some programs. They don't. Some some programs, it's the doldrums of being the attack team. And obviously here, we, I think our kids understand that they, they are just as important as the starting quarterback. They're just as important as the starting offensive lineman. We all have roles within this program to make this thing be successful and to be at the top of this district. And these kids buy into it, and, and um, they're all respected because of it with their coaching staff and with their peers. It's a total buy-in, and hopefully, obviously, we can continue to do that for four more games here and, and finish 10-0 and and put ourselves in a good spot going into the playoffs.
1: The good part about you being able to put on a head coaching hat and then put on a defensive coordinator hat is, is kind of a, a, a unique opportunity that we have when we talk about how good the defense is for the Dripping Springs Tigers. You mentioned their, their points allowed this year. They, their one flare up is obviously the, the opener against Vandergriff where they gave up 27 points. But we mentioned this a little bit earlier in the conversation. There's 11 starters on the football team defensively for Dripping Springs they're all seniors. All of them are returning starters or at least had opportunities to play. And some of them are first-team all-district players. This is a defense, really, that that probably might be the best you face here in the regular season.
2: I would say they're they're right up there. There's no doubt. And we'll find it. obviously, Friday. We'll tell the story. But, uh, uh, yeah, the first thing that jumps out about you when you you look down the roster is 11 seniors playing on that football field. And that's, uh, obviously, just as much as we've talked about the senior leadership on our program and the, and the, the amount of seniors we have and how we feel that makes us Be confident, you know, in what we have in our program. You know, they're they're feeling the same way about their defense when they have 11 guys that have played a lot of football that have been through their program and know, you know, the ins and outs of their defense. They're a tremendous defense. They're going to be lined up in the right spot. You know, they have some physical nature to them, but uh, you know, so does our our offense and our offense sees it as a challenge. Our guys are never going to be intimidated by anybody. We're never going to take a back seat to anybody, Uh, but we are going to recognize and and respect the game of football for for what it is. And there's a quality football players on their side of the football. We ultimately know that it'll be decided on the field. We want to do the best we can between Monday through, you know, that's six o'clock before we take the field to to make sure we're the best prepared we possibly can be and then go out there and and let the physical nature of the game kind of take over.
1: Final thought, Coach, as you go into your team meeting, you know, we get a chance to chat on Thursday. You have a team meeting after before they they go to team meal. What do you say? Give us a preview of of what that conversation is going to be like right now if you've got it.
2: You know, come back to – put us in in where we're at, to identify the spot we're at. And I'll show them those district standings again, just like uh, we just talked about and say, hey, here it is. And uh, there's no more, obviously, attention that needs to be drawn then to that. And that's our overriding goal every single year. So, yes, it's Dripping Springs Week. Yes, it's, they're a good football team. Yes, they finished second in this district last year. But they're also, you know, the seventh win on our schedule. They're also the, the fifth district win that's going to get us one step closer to being district champions. And, and that's really what it's got to be. It's got to be about that, about it's. The next one, the things they do well, have driven us and motivated us to do our things a little bit better. And and I think it's the message every single week. Our best here at Westlake High School, I think, is, is better than most people's best and you know if we play a clean game in all three phases and we do execute our game plan uh, then i think we're going to be feeling good about ourselves on friday night and if we don't and then yeah we're going to be in a dog fight and we're going to make some plays and timely moments to pull out a win there's going to be a little bit of both of those i think but uh see if we can get on a roll and play a clean football game and play what match the physical nature that we expect here at Westlake. and then i think uh we'll, we'll have find ourselves with having some success coaches always thanks for the time and good luck thank you joe
0: You've been listening to the Westlake Nation podcast. Stay tuned as we bring you new episodes each week. The Westlake Nation podcast is powered by the Westlake Shack Club and part of the Westlake Nation media network. This is Westlake Nation.